Are you working? What kind of work do you do? What's going on, family? Welcome back. We are here, and we're talking about the church. We're talking about why we go to church. Daniel's on an exploration of where to go, how to find the right church, if that even exists. And so thank you for joining with us as we continue on this exploration. Hey, yo, I'm going to be on TikTok. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. I'ma start connecting plots. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Sam. We back. Uh, we took a week off. Mm. Um, you took a week off. I took a You took a week off too. You got darker. I got darker. That's true. Uh-huh. Um, and what have you been doing to, to get your sun exposure up? Uh, you know, I've been hitting the courses, a couple Golfing. courses, been doing some fishing. Golfing and you know. fishing. Uh, the huge. Yeah. The Townsend household, the huge. Do you usually fish by yourself when you go? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to hear people say, I'm tired. Or, yeah, what are we doing yeah, 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 yeah. No, you stay home. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like yeah. golfing by yourself? I don't, go, I, don't, I don't ever golf by myself. Oh, I'm, I yeah. love golfing by myself. Gol- golf is more like a... I don't really care for the game as much as I love the community aspect of it. Yeah. Raise whereas, the same way. Whereas... Fishing, I love the sport. Really? Yeah, I like that's just... Uh, depending on my mood, sometimes I just don't even like golfing with my friends because I'm like, I, I want to hear you talk less and like play more. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm here to improve my game type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, no, and then, and then I'm a little bit darker. Maybe you guys can tell fresh off the heels of Hawaii um, with Ray and some of our guys. Uh, I was telling you off air right now, I woke up just now, like an hour ago, from a 14-hour slumber. That's nice. God, I'm like half asleep, kind of groggy, but I just took a quad shot, so hopefully it kicks in soon. My God. Um, but anyways, it's, it's good to be back, dude. It's, it was weird having a week off, not like texting or talking about like the topic or, you know, kind of mm-hmm. planning and all that. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel recharged, ready to go. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not really sucking the life out of me. I'm enjoying this. So <laughs> I'm back. No, I feel that. I feel that. I'm it. Um, so, okay, so last episode we talked about just kind of church hopping what it looks like to look for a church Mm -hmm. um and i hope i hope there was some kind of messaging around it's okay to church hop um or to kind of take away the the stigma around church hopping we want to stay away from being too consumeristic or at least i do Uh, but at the same time i don't want to feel guilty about being fair on us with myself in finding a church and you know potential family and a broader community there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so that being said i think this part two would be interesting just for me to kind of chat about building out maybe like a framework or just how i envision myself going about finding a church because like again it's gonna happen there's no way that i'm just going to be able to continue to just i don't know suck down youtube sermon or seminars sermons um and go about it that way Or, or maybe i will i don't know but um, I think I need to be clean and honest with myself about like these are the things I want to ask myself as I go and try out churches that will be fair um, to the process, to myself, and to that community as well. Sure. All right. Let's adventure. Okay. So, um, and I don't know what this is going to look like again because COVID, right? Like I don't know. Um, are most churches going to lean towards a digital side? Are they going to kind of wean themselves off of like physical community stuff? I don't right, know. Right, right, Churches are changing right now. It's right. Yeah. It's which, is, which is kind of exciting, yeah. right? They've yeah. never been in this position where they had to innovate mm-hmm. and pivot like this, which is yeah. cool. Um, but so, all right. As I thought about this, I, th- I think about 
selecting major things in your life in a very similar way. Mm -hmm. So whether that be a spouse, mm -hmm. whether that be your career or your mm -hmm. employer, um, and church. I feel like I see some similarities, and I think um, some some common principles are, principles are going to apply. Sure. Right. So first things first. Um, there needs to be an initial attraction somewhere, right? Whether it's your significant other, your employer, or whatever. Like, something has to draw you to them, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but that's glib. Mm -hmm. But don't deny yourself that because something should be different and kind of attract you. Um, but for me, I think the, the first, like, real foundational thing that I would want to know is what's their leader like? What is the CEO like? What's the pastor like? What is this person like? Um, and that matters to me because just now... Um, I don't want to, mm, I want to spend most of my time under following a leader that I look up to and can really honor, admire yeah. um, on a personal level, not just at a distance because right, it holds right, some right. role. Yeah. Um, same goes for a CEO. Like I want to like, what is this person actually about behind the scenes? Right. Um, wh who are they? What are they like as humans? Right. Sure. On top of business leaders. Sure. And so um, I remember actually the last church I went to, there was like this, um, um, there's like this process to like welcome in new people where you sit down ask questions and I could feel them getting taken aback because I had some like pretty like specific questions about right. like how does decision making happen at this church like oh mm -hmm. we have a board of directors oh how do the board of directors get this uh, like how do they get elected mm -hmm. what do they get to say versus you mm -hmm. and it was just I realized then or it was reinforced like asking those type of questions is not I guess not common mm. would you say yeah I don't think most people like ask those questions yeah and I think um having a leader that's comfortable fielding those questions mm. and has nothing to hide. Like, yeah, I, I literally have nothing to hide. Yeah. I have no insecurities so I'm giving these answers. It is what it is for you go. Yeah. Um, so I think that's number one for me is the leader. Who's at the helm? Who am I willing to follow and go to war with? Mm -hmm. um, and that's not on some like arrogant prove yourself to me bullshit. I mean, maybe a little bit because like Churches go like you need to you need to attend to this church or serve for three months before you become mm. position X Y or Z. If I think that's fair, but it needs to go the other way. Mm. If you would like to be a spiritual leader in my life, yeah, you do need to do some proving. It's not like a freaking interview, but it's mm. like um, there, there's a relationship that has to kind of form. Right? Yeah, I don't think proving is the right term. I think. Because to prove something means that you kind of accentuate somebody that you kind of are not. And you don't want that. You don't want someone to mm. be somebody that they're not. So I, I don't like the word proving. I yeah. think you're just looking to see, do I connect? Do I um, – is this person genuine and authentic to who they are that allows me to say you are somebody that I see – Christ in and someone yeah. that I'm willing to submit and follow. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's not so much a proving aspect of it because yeah. I think that's, that has a lot of negative connotations of yeah. maybe wearing masks, right, you know, because right, right, you're, right. you're not trying to follow a salesperson. That's true. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm with that because even for me to say, for, for me to make a decision point of saying, okay, you've proved yourself, there is some level of judgment on my position and who am I to judge? So right, right, right. I get that. Yeah. I don't know though if I will ever, because um, my internal spidey senses reacted when you said the word submit. I know they do. Um, I just. That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever, I, I will never be put myself in a position where. I feel like, a, like if I submit to a pastor, it'll be 1000% something that I decide to do. It will not be a um, authoritative submission mm -hmm. kind of, that's just me too. Because if I won't, I just won't follow a leader that needs that kind of authority. Because mm -hmm. I don't, I think the best leaders need the least amount of authority. Mm. Um, fucking, what is it called? Um, Game of Thrones, right? The God, um, <laughs> what was the grandfather's name? Tywin, Tywin Lannister, right? You remember when the young, did you watch Game of Thrones? 
I've watched like two episodes. Oh my, did you watch Game of Thrones? Okay, fucking best show ever except for the last season. Okay. Fuck you guys, you ruined an incredible show. But <laughs> Tywin Lannister is like the, the patriarch of the family, uh-huh. and his um, grandson is the king. He's like a little boy. Uh-huh. And they're having a conversation, and the, and the young boy goes, I'm king! And he's like trying to like puff off his chest. And the grandfather's like, yo, if you ever need to tell people you're the king, you're not the fucking king, mm. right? And it's like that kind of like, that's like real leadership to me. It's like, yeah, that's, that's true. Mm. Like mm. What, what's said doesn't need to be spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think be, uh, the best leaders inspire action. They don't, um, sure. they don't like, action. yeah, right? Or shame action or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's my first thing is I think the pastor is somebody that I'm going to have to really um, honestly be impressed by, um, not from a perspective of they need to prove something, but just like, yo, are they living a life that I want to live? Mm. Are they a person that I can admire and look up mm. to? Um, and do they have a relationship with God and the people that I want to have one day? Fair. I feel like that's pretty fair, right? Fair. Okay. Yeah. I think on the other yeah. side of it is, not everyone, if you're going to use your business analogy, not everyone knows their CEO, right? True. So if you go to a larger church, right? That's a good point. You may not be able to get the one-on-one, like, maybe you might be able to connect with a Judas Smith, maybe, yeah. you know, like some of these other big names. Uh, but... If you go to a large church, yeah. you may not be able to get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and so you may have to look at the culture or other leaders yeah. that may have worked directly under that pastor right. and kind of say, okay, are these people that I could vibe with connected? Do I see Christ in that? Do I right. see the mission of God in that? And How do you feel about that? Or do you not at all? Like it is what it is that comes with scale. Well, I mean, I mean, large churches are large for a reason. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's they're a well well oiled machine in so many ways, but they yeah. also have this. Uh, either they have a gifted communicator, an unbelievable yeah. production team, yeah. or an immaculate leadership team. Uh-huh. You know, and so um, I like to say, you know, some people go to large churches just to kind of escape because they 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 bent through certain stuff, so they go to large churches just to kind of go in and out. Or to get like to um, hide amongst the masses. Yeah, oh, you know, okay. and then some people go to because they really genuinely connect with yeah. the the sermon, the the Sunday service. Yeah. Um, but also they're connected with the community. You know, uh-huh. so I'm like, okay, uh-huh. fair. Yeah. You know, and so I just yeah. want to be able to give that disclaimer out there yeah. that uh, I think for you it's an important value for you to connect with the leader. Um, but if you go to a large church yeah. and you know they they do everything else and you're just like really like infatuated or maybe even like in love with, yeah. then I think you're going to have to, you know, be able to find other avenues to how do I commit. I go back and forth because <clears throat> like, I, I understand, I understand like, um, operational scale. Like you, you work for Microsoft. You can't just get a one on one Satya. You just can't. Right. Like it, you won't, you yeah. won't. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. On, on the other hand, I'm like, okay, but a church isn't the business. I get that they're super busy. They have mm-hmm. a lot to do, but with some persistence and consistency, I feel like that should, I don't know. It just feels maybe this is definitely going to sound unfair, but I feel like if Jesus was running a church, he wouldn't be like, Oh, talk to this guy over here. <laughs> I just don't think he would do that. I think it might take some time to eventually right. finally nail down a one-on-one time, but I think that'd be possible. So I guess I'm, I go back and forth there. Yeah, and I think a better conversation is whether it's right or wrong, but more about this is what I would like. So maybe you want a smaller church oh, where you can really connect with the pastor. Oh, I like that. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes so sense a lot. So we don't have to say, look, the mega church is wrong or blah, right, blah, blah. Right, right, right. I have my own opinions about the larger church. But I think for you, it's like, I want to be able to connect yeah. with the brother that's preaching. Yeah. Damn. All right, Sam. Maybe right. I didn't even realize it, but I think you just helped me uh, clarify a criteria. Maybe I do need a smaller church. 
because I do want personal connection with my pastor. Yeah. Um, I, I recently joined a startup because I do want more personal connections with everybody and have more influence and impact and all that kind of there stuff. Um, all right. Damn. All right. We got we got one in the books, guys. For me. <laughs> Sounds like I need a medium, an SMB church, a small to medium sized church. Um, damn. You actually kind of mindfuck me right there. Okay. I like that. Okay. So, so leadership is one for me. Yeah. And Leadership doesn't um, stop with the CEO or pastor. It's also the, the folks directly underneath Absolutely. them, right? Because they are an extension of the leader. Change starts inside out, top down. Yeah. So um, that definitely will play a factor for me. Mm-hmm. The next thing I think is vision or mission. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can already feel some people saying that's where you should start with. Probably right, but like I, I need that personal connection to draw me in. Mm-hmm. So the second thing is like, okay, what is the mission or vision of this church? Um, and it can't be just Christianese, soft serve gummy bear. Oh, we're here to further God's kingdom. It's like I get, everybody's here to do that. But what makes <laughs> yeah. you guys different, right? And um, that applies to, with a, um, an employer for me too, where it's like, okay, a job is a job, but at least if I'm going to spend you know X percent of my life doing this, I want to be building towards a mission that I fuck with and that that aligns with me. Yeah. And so that's actually a question I don't think I've in the past I ever really asked churches. It's just kind of assumed in some ways, right? Like the mission of the church is to do God's will and. Be, yeah. be a body of, of love and community and healing yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to that end, is that unfair or fair? What do you think about me asking a church that? Like the churches you've been a part of, is there a clear mission statement or not really? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, yeah, I think every church to an extent has it. It's just whether they are fulfilling it is the other thing, right? But I mean like mission statement, like like whenever we're in doubt, there's turbulence, we're going to go back to this thing to drive us back to what yeah, our mission I is. think healthy churches do do that. They have that? Okay. They have to, right? And I think uh, – so a vision is, is, is something that you see or feel like you got to go towards, yeah. right? As a church, mission is how we get there, right? Okay, um, I like that. That's, that's essentially what a vision and why you have a vision statement. It's – it's you see something that's not present, so we want to mm-hmm. we want to be that. We want to go towards that goal, mm-hmm. and a mission statement is what how we get there, what we do, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And uh, I, and I think a, a huge aspect of why that matters is well. Let me ask you, why do you feel like mission and vision matters for a church? Oof, I think it matters. I think it matters anytime you have a, like. A body of people mm-hmm. like I don't think it's specific to a church it's just kind of like start, starting with the question why like mm-hmm. why are we doing this right the Simon Sinek question yeah right and it's it's like I, I need to resonate with that why because there is going to come a time of turbulence where I just want to walk away when there's going to be suffering and pain and that's what's going to keep me there and keep me going let's go yeah. <laughs> did I pass a test yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that to me is genuine community yeah. is being like minded on a on a common purpose to a common vision yeah. that allows us to come together. It's not just about I like you and you like me. Right. We'll have differences. You know, you'll have an interest in golf. I'll have an interest in fishing. Sometimes yeah. it collaborates. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But what allows us to come together as different, diverse people yeah. is the mission and the vision of of God within the church community. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what we go towards. You know mm. what I mean? And so that's what I believe is genuine community. What allows us to, yeah. like you've done mission trips together. Like I have. You bond. Yeah. Right? You bond because you're doing similar work. Yeah. Right? Same goal. Right. Well, and it's like, there is something special that happens on mission trips because that's when you, 
you, you, you walk it like you talk it. You are physically going somewhere to fulfill a mission, whether it be to serve or whatever. Exactly. And so, yeah. so something happens when you, when you follow through on things you tell yourself and other people. True. Um, but, I mean, going back to the mission statement vision thing, I don't know. Chiwan, not to put you on the spot. I know you're behind the camera. <laughs> but growing up in church, did you know, were you aware of like vision statements or mission statements at any of your churches? No, right? And you grew up in the church? Same shit. I went to, I don't know, four, five, six churches. Mm-hmm. And not once did they say this is our mission or vision. Mm-hmm. I, maybe a part of it is because we were a part of like um, the children's or youth ministry that was like, a, you know, under the, 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 the main ministry or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think that's also something that I didn't realize bothered me, especially when I got older in college and after, is um, I, I felt like, much like in other areas in life, I was just going through the motions. Yeah. I was just going there on Sundays, going yeah. there on Fridays, right, right, and right. it didn't make sense why. Um, so then I started to feel aimless, mm-hmm. and then I started to feel bitter, but then I would feel guilty and shame, uh, ashamed of like questioning this community that I'm a part of. Right. Um, and then comes the drama, the internal bullshit that always happens at any church. And I'm just like, damn, this can't be it. Like, there's just, there's gotta be something bigger than all of us that we're working towards. Um, so I guess if anything, I am edifying like myself and and saying, yo, you're justified and wanting to feel, um, you need a why at a church. You you need a vision and a mission that's clear. Um, and that aligns with, resonates with you. Yeah. And that's an area where I've definitely grown in, in my own leadership, um, of understanding the, the beauty and. Um, the purpose of having a vision and mission statement. I don't, it's not the all in all why the church exists, but uh-huh. it gives a sense of direction. Cause I think without right. that, you'll, you'll hit like petty drama at church. You'll yeah. have, you know, people will leave because, well, we've gotten to, you know, you didn't buy me, you didn't buy me to your wedding or something like that. Right. You get, we get very petty. You yeah. know what I mean? And we get very hurt. And, uh, and instead of having a common vision, you know, before the Lord, it's more about, relationships that turn south and you're just like right. and, all, and it gets really dramatic and right. da 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 and um, not to say that those relationships don't matter I just think sometimes there's an overemphasis mm-hmm. and uh, and we lose sight of why we're there in the first place yeah you know? And, you know and I think being having a clear vision mission statement actually serves both parties because if you are if you have a clear identity in that as a, a church if someone leaves, it's not so personal. It's, you know, because people are in different seasons of life. That's a great way to put it. Maybe at one point, um, I'm really focused on, um, I don't know, um, evangelism, mm-hmm. right? And so a church's mission might be that. And during my 20s to 30s, that's all I want to do. But then once I get to the 30s and 40s, I want to focus on a different area. Yeah. It's not so much I'm walking, like I am rejecting you. It's personal church. It's like, hey, I'm in a different season. Mm-hmm. I have a different priority and mission. This all feeds underneath the broader mission that is God, right? So it's like, I think that makes sense. I think that could be a fun way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Instead of committing your life to a place, right? I think it's journeying through yeah. becoming a, a people group. Yeah. Because okay, yeah. Because I'm mean, another way to put it is, yo, if a ch- if if a church or a community um, is demanding a lot, which I mean, let's be honest, it is not demanding, but maybe the expectation is you're there every Sunday at least. Over time, they want you to serve, which makes sense. You don't want to just be a consumer. You want to contribute. Um, if you're spending a lot of time, energy, and resources in anything, I hope you guys can answer why you're there and what you're doing. Um, right? Like, I hope. Nice. Um, if, if not, then, like, um, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely worth exploring there. Nice. Um, mm. Oh, okay. I can feel the espresso shot kicking in now. <laughs> My palms are getting sweaty, and I'm, like, I'm like ready for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, that's a perfect halftime point, I think. So we're going to go to the after church special. Uh, we'll see you guys there. 
special shots are fully pumping through the veins. I'm up in the energy level. Oh, Lord. Um, we're here for the after church special, everybody. So welcome. I like that. Um, okay, so we're gonna keep this fluid. Um, loosely, we're gonna tell some stories. We wanna debunk some things all of us might have grown up or heard growing up. Um, but just random little story time slash question for you, Sam, because this mm. was kind of, um, it was a good reminder uh, to me about how useful innovation can be in technology. Do you, do you fuck with bidets? Bidets? Oh, bidets? I have when I went to Southeast Asia. Would yeah. you, so, you, so you've used them before, you're comfortable with I've them? I've used them twice, yes. What was your first reaction? I said, ooh. <laughs> but you were, you were hesitant about it, right? I didn't know what it was. I just felt, I just felt air and water in my booty. Wait, hole. you That's just hit a like. button and not knowing what would happen? It came on automatically. I didn't even know what. Oh, you didn't have to activate it? I don't know. That I don't sounds know if I, like. I don't know if I hit something or not, but I just felt <laughs> air and water in my booty hole. I didn't Bro, know what to do. That sounds like a potential lawsuit or some shit. <laughs> you know that? I don't know. Anyway, so. Um, I mentioned that I went to Hawaii with some of the boys and um, at the hotel we were staying at they had bidets mm -hmm. and like half the group had used them before half of them hadn't. Oh yeah. And so obviously the half that didn't were super apprehensive like dude no homo that's weird man I don't want something on my butt. Yeah. I get it. The concept if you write it on paper it's kind of weird. Sure. Um, and the first time just like most first times it's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. um, but after that it's kind of hard to go back right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I honestly want to buy one for myself, to be honest, yeah. because... Um, no toilet paper? Yeah. Well, you need some to dry it off. You use, you use significantly oh. less with toilet paper. I got one, that blue air that dried it up. Oh. It fancy. Wait, seriously? Yeah. So you can just sit down, not be involved with the process, and just stand up? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But what if yeah. you have a super messy poop? Did you hear that, Ray? He had a bidet that did not require toilet paper at all. You <laughs> Anyways, my point is this. I hadn't used one in a long time and I did it and I was like, holy shit. One, how is every bidet so damn accurate? Oh, yeah. Right bullseye every time, <laughs> no matter what size you are, no matter wh where you're – how do they do – that's kind of impressive, is it not? I, I suppose it is. If you I think about know. it, I've to bullseye every that. fucking time, okay. incredible. How many times did you use this? Thing? Every time that I said it went. Oh. Number two, mm. I definitely need to fact check this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Koreans like invented bidets. That's where I first tried it was in Korea, so. I've heard it's very popular. Yeah. It's po okay, it's at least popular in yeah. it. I know and, a lot of that happen. And I'm willing to bet Samsung and LG make some fucking high-end bidets. Probably, probably, right? Matter, you know, um, hot air coming at you. But it's so funny because I remember um, one of my coworkers, we were talking about bidets randomly, and he was saying, dude, he's pro-bidets, and he was like, if you were to get shit on by a bird, right, on your head or your hand, would you just grab a paper towel and wipe it? No, that's gross as hell. You would need water or something to, like, get it actually okay. clean. Okay. And after that, I was like, damn, I need to be using a bidet every time or else it doesn't kind of make sense, right? Okay. So anyways, point is, it was there, I was surprised, I was delighted, and now I think I need to get one for myself. Cause, yeah. yeah, they're not cheap though. Are they not? You can't get the cheapo cheap. That's true. You know what I mean? Like That's then true. you might get some errors, but you wanna yeah. get if you're gonna get it, yeah. you gotta get it. The one with the fucking blow dryer in is probably gonna be <laughs> right on the line of like more, what more than what I wanna pay. Yeah. But it's also like one of those yeah, like it's yeah, an investment yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I you definitely save money on toilet paper from it. I'm yeah. I use like half as much toilet paper. Um, so whoever invented the bidet, thank you. Um, you mean a lot. Yes. But um, yeah, next topic. So I just had to share that because I don't know. I took a crap when I got home yesterday and I was waiting. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for it to happen. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I don't have a bidet here. Um, but okay, move in. Move, cheers fair, to that. Fair enough. I want to actually flip it and I want to ask you a question or a topic, something I've heard my whole Christian life. Mm -hmm. And I want you to just give me your thoughts on it. Right? Mm -hmm. Debunk it. Maybe there's some truth in it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I remember both directly and indirectly being told a couple things over and over to the point where it got embossed in my brain. Mm-hmm. One of them was um, like money's evil. Stop, don't, it's bad to be want to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other one was you can't have a successful marriage without Christ. Mm. And that's the one I want to talk about because mm. that literally um, it affected how I looked at relationships yeah. and it made me doubt and judge every relationship that wasn't Christian based. Sure. And um, to be frank, mm. the older I got, I started to question it a lot more because I would meet um, parents of friends or just meet elderly people in whatever setting have the fifth. We've been married for 50 years. They can't couldn't look any happier. Yeah, and they're not yeah, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just that topic of you can't have a successful marriage without it being Christ centered. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. are your thoughts on yeah. that? Because I'm calling bullshit. What do you yeah. think, though? Yeah, I think we tried to maybe pitch, overly pitch something that is, that's maybe contradictory to what we see in the world. Like, hmm. uh, I have really close friends that have parents that are still married. Uh-huh. My parents grew up in the church. They're divorced. Right. I have, great, I have great people who love Jesus, who have grown up in the church, but just have very, quote unquote, unhealthy marriages. Mm-hmm. Where on the other side, we've seen culturally, you know, da 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 having great marriages where they're passionate yep. and, and, and living... You know, uh, you know they're 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 married. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think married being Christian and married equals to it being successful. Successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you don't become even if you're single, you don't become Christian to be successful. Right. You know. So why do we expect right. that out of marriage? You know. Right. Right. Uh, I I think when you're Christian and married, there's different levels of how you love, of uh, how you forgive how you live purposefully and intently. Yeah. I just think the way of life is different. Yeah. And if, and that's the whole point. It's just, we understand the concept of love that is different from uh-huh. people who are not Christian. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And so it's not as um, inward focused. It's, it's, it's outwardly, per- yeah. outwardly focused. And so that's why I think it's, a, it's, it's different, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't, people will argue like, yeah, I mean, you know, divorce rate is higher with people who don't know Jesus and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. But I'm like, man, that's, but there's still divorce rates with those who are Christians. So, right. I mean, that's a pretty much invalid right. kind of statistic. You well, know? and I mean, I, I'm a numbers guy, so I value statistics, but that's hard. Like within the people that were, or were not divorced, it, they're not all the same, right? Like, yeah. right. Like yeah, there's yeah, like, there's yeah, like yeah. different gradients of like how, how nasty was a divorce, yeah. how happy yeah. or unhappy are people that stay together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you point blank. Mm. Because I'm hearing you saying like, okay, it's not so black and white like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of like they're different maybe in like composition, priority, or, or framework, if you will. But to the statement of relationships or marriages that are not Christ-centered will not work. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? If you don't have Christ, the marriage will not work. Yeah, if the, if the marriage is not Christ-centered, it will not work out. Uh, I mean, I don't know what that will not work out means. I mean, we've seen people... To their deathbed, who are both right. Christian and non-Christian, right. make it, you know. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, I think we have a different definition of that. I would say mm. being a Christian does have perks. There, there's beauty to how we, how we see and interpret and experience love, as uh-huh. we understand God is love. Yeah. And so there's a different way of understanding that, right? And so I would say that there may be, uh, you know, a more fruitful way of living when you are married and in Christ or a believer. Hmm. Um, but okay. But that's why I'm less like, look, I mean, I can't say what the other person have, you know, people that are not Christian to say they don't have a successful marriage. Right. I right. just think my marriage is purposeful and meaningful 
meaningful, um, greater than ourselves. Yeah. Like we live for something greater. Yeah. And we have this common idea that, um, you know, we want to be saved. We want to live a life with Jesus, yeah. in community with Jesus, yeah. and be able to influence and impact the world in that regard. Yeah. So um, that's why I say it's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. I like that. So. I like that because I, I, my, some of my best friends have parents that are not Christian and they're madly in love to this day. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, just, I never, it never registered to me how people that aren't Christian, whether it be in marriage and business or whatever, they seem super happy, great people fulfilled, but they don't have Christianity tied to them. And I'm just like, so what, what am I missing here? Because I was taught one thing. Yeah. Um, it's true. But that's good perspective. Um, so guys, your takeaways here, bidets are fucking awesome. Mm. I'm actually gonna Amazon to see how much they are after this. Yeah, um, give me one for my birthday. That that, that that would that would actually be a pretty like good gift. Great, something yeah. you use every day. Something yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so know. bidets are awesome. And if you haven't tried it, I highly suggest it. Ten out of ten. <laughs> and then two. Um, yeah, debunking this whole like you have to have a Christ-centered relationship for it to work out. Um, because working out has its own definitions for different people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's a perfect point. It's you don't go if you know the whole. You go to Jesus because he's Jesus. You don't go to Jesus to have a more successful marriage. Right. Does that make sense? Right. There's a difference. You know what I mean? Yes. So we don't want to make Jesus a genie in a bottle. Like, oh, I want to have a good, successful marriage. I'm going to go to Jesus. Right. That all becomes a byproduct of of Jesus in our lives. Right. right? Of who God is. A good marriage under Jesus is a symptom, a result of, of pursuing Jesus versus that being the end goal. Great. Right? Okay. All right. It's a good luck in like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm hitting that age though. We'll see. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Back to the show. All right. So back from the after church special here, um, we talked about the, at least my personal, my framework I want to build out as I go and find a church. Uh, so for me, quick recap, I would love to c- have a personal connection and trust and respect and honor for the head pastor and the leadership team. I want to understand, clearly understand and resonate with uh, the vision and mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um, a third thing for me, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts because this, as I'm thinking about this in my head, it almost sounds anti-church mm-hmm. or anti-Christian in a way, uh, but the people, right? When I think, sure. when I think about finding an employer... Mm-hmm. It's important that I find a, a CEO leader or a mission that I fuck with, but also do the people around me inspire me? Do they encourage me? Do they challenge me? Um, because I know a, a very common church narrative is like, you know, well, it's not about what they can do for you. It's what you can do for them. And who are you to judge? And that's the beauty of church. And you get forced to clash with people that don't think like you. And like, there's, there's truth in all that, but there is also, um, I should, I feel like I'm allowed to, I feel like I'm allowed to have a say in like the, the community that I join, you know, that, that um, I get sure. to make decisions yeah, yeah, for yeah. myself about yeah. certain communities yeah. that are more, you know, biased or prioritized in some ways than others. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be honest, people, you go to church, not for the building, you go to church for the people. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and removing all like the Christian jargon aside of like, you know, doctrine and all that stuff that we'll, yeah. we'll get into. But the essence of, I think Christian community is friendships, right? Mm. Friendships is the reason why you uh, stay at church. Yeah. The genuine connection with other people right. and how you grow in your faith. I, As a testimony, the people I've grown the most, 
not from a sermon or a worship song. I've grown the most with the people that I've been right. around, just the friendships. Right. right. And so I think for me, a pivotal scripture for me is understanding that Jesus calls me friend yeah. because he's been befriended by God. And so which we can be friends with one another. That to me is a pivotal part in my Christian formation is understanding genuine friendship mm. with God and with one another. Right. And you, so you just kind of mind fucking right there. Okay, I don't really know what that means. You keep saying it though, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but keep going. Yeah, keep going. But I, I think like we want to be careful because we don't want to be just overly judgmental of like how we criticize or judge people from afar. You know what I mean? Right. Like we don't want to just come to a church and say, "Oh, I don't like how they dress or they look like right. this," and so we don't want to. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and, and we want to be cautious of that. I'm not talking about ethnic differences, but more like style, like, oh, they're more hipsters. So I want to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want to be superficial in that. Yeah. Um, but we also want to get to a point of like, say you go, say your, your big value is I want to go to a diverse church. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's being able to connect with different ethnic groups and saying, wow, this is really challenging for me, but it's a good challenge. Mm. So let me get in this. You know what I mean? Um, without being overly superficial, um, in how you decide what community group you want to be a part of. Right. That makes sense. No, it does. Because last episode we talked about how just like dating, um, it's really easy to find a reason to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you got to give it um, a fair chance right. in whatever it is right. and, and be open to that possibility. Right. But something that you said that really caught me, caught my ear was the biggest lessons that you have learned or taken away have not come from sermons, but they're from relationships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's true for all of life, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's always it's the people around you, yeah. it's relationships that that really matter, yeah. and um, I don't know. I guess that makes me feel better about having that um, weighted so heavily in my criteria, mm-hmm. uh, because again, I feel like I was shamed for saying any type of comment that might suggest that the church I'm going to like I don't resonate with, or maybe yeah. aren't the right fit at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I feel like justified in that like it's okay because people change people people, change. people go through different uh, seasons mm-hmm. they grow over time mm-hmm. and i think it's pretty toxic and an, uh, and uh, an unrealistic expectation to assume someone's going to stick at a church forever mm-hmm. it's just like at a company when you leave a company the best companies are the ones that send you off it's been awesome what a run i yeah. can't wait for what's next for you our right. our our, our, our paths are going to cross again yeah. it's unrealistic to think you're going to be here forever yeah. i feel like the church should adopt a similar kind of mindset where it's a, it's a, it's a happy thing mm-hmm. versus a betrayal thing yeah and and i and i genuinely mean friendships and not just community you know what I mean? So whatever the work relationship equivalent is to church, not that, but like a true personal like a relationship. Like friendship. A personal connection. Yeah, a, yeah, a friendship where both parties grow, are challenged by, a friendship that allows you to feel safe, yeah. um, a friendship that allows you to be vulnerable. Yeah. And challenged. Um, and challenged yeah. by, yeah. Uh, where you can see Christ in the other because you guys are, you know, both individuals are striving for something more and yeah. on that journey. Those are, the, those are the things that people remember. Those are the things that people are drawn to, right? Mm. Why people who've been traumatized by the church, why people are intrigued like yourself to go back into church are those genuine friendships. Mm. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I can, you know, we could talk a lot, a lot about like, you know, when we talk about fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, etc. Those fruits of the spirit can only be fruits in, con- in the context with other people. Mm. So in other words, you only practice self-control with other people. Yeah, you understand, yeah. you know, um, you know, all these other aspects of love and joy, uh-huh. peace and patience in the context with other people. So I think community in the sense of like genuine friendships are a huge value for the Bible, like in terms yeah. of like who God is and, 
and how Jesus has lived his life. Uh -huh. um, and I'll say this one last thing because, you know, now I'm on a, now I got my pastor's get, cap on. Get now, after you know. it. Get after it. My favorite book in scripture is Luke. My guy, Luke, mm -hmm. the author who has wrote more in the New Testament than any other author, even Paul. His entire premise in Luke, if you look at, if you read Luke, uh, Jesus, <clears throat> when he writes about Jesus, Jesus is either going to a meal, mm -hmm. leaving a meal, mm -hmm. or coming from a meal. Meaning, true friendship is done in the dinner table. Hmm. Think about who you Breaking eat with. Breaking bread. Breaking bread. Think yeah. about who you kick it with, who you eat with, yeah. right? Those are typically the people that you do life with. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a beauty in, 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 in how we do communion together, how we eat together, fellowship together. I like that. And I think that's what, when, when Luke talks about and how he describes Jesus, yeah. is an essential part of our discipleship. It's yeah. genuine friendship with other people who are, well, yeah. you know, following this Jesus. And so that's what I would love I to like see. I like that. I know? like that. I'm smirking because I'm like, damn, when Jesus comes back, like if Jesus were to come back today and he's, he's about to eat, eat with some people, mm -hmm. I wonder how he would feel about you know, the phone eating first and everyone taking pictures of the meal and shit. Like. The brother be hungry. Uh, he's <laughs> that'd, hungry. That'd be funny. Um, wait, okay. Couple things I want to go off of that because that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've been a part of churches where I genuinely did not feel like I... This is not a personal, like, I reject them kind of thing, but just I've been a part of churches where I'm like, damn, I don't really connect like that on that level with these people. Sure. And I... Th I'm saying this because I think it's it's everything's a two way road. Mm -hmm. I think part of it was like, okay, well, what a, what what about yourself? Did you need to check or maybe reassess yeah. to to open up to that kind of thing? But yeah. then the other side is like, well, as I get older, and I think this is partially why I need to get back to a church. Mm -hmm. I'm getting like more senile and secluded, man. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I'm down to meet new people, but I'm not that down to open up my true circle. Yeah. It's kind of like I yeah. found the group that I really love and trust and. Yeah. You know, these guys, I, if they slap me on the back of the head, I actually expect it. Otherwise, I'm going to be acting a fool. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. the idea of just ever expanding that group to me doesn't sound that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Am I too senile mm. in that way? Or is it kind of like a um, – because I want to be honest about the relationship thing, like you said. If yeah. I join a church community, I want to have true bonds and not just I go to church with them bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think you just – I think you you answered your own question. I think you don't have to be like – you don't have to have everyone in your inner circle. Right? Mm -hmm. Jesus had his inner circle and then his inner inner circle, right? Uh -huh. um, but I think when we talk about friendships, it's about um, do we exclude people? Do we mm. invite people in? Do, we, do people get to know who the real Daniel is? And do you get a chance to know who the other person is, right? Yeah. Um, when they're down, are you, do you have the mindset and the heart to say, I'm there to pick you up? Right. You know what I mean? Do you celebrate their celebrations? Do they? Do you grieve with them when things are heavy for them? Yeah. That's the whole point of friendship. It's not like kicking buddies all the time, right? right? But it's hard to get there, right? Because it's like no. if, if one of my inner circles hurt or whatever, like I'm I'm there no matter what. Mm -hmm. If it's someone that I semi kind of know, I'm like, eh. you know, like it's that's the culture that I believe that I would want to be a part of. It's. Hmm. It, if I go to a hundred person church, I want to know at the end of the day, whether the guy's sitting in the front or in the back, that if I'm down, if I'm struggling, yeah. that they're all going to ride with me. Uh -huh. That to me is friendship. You know what I'm saying? And, and that to you is ideal church. That is ideal. That is, that is why I would preach friendship. What does it mean to be in Christ, to be in friendship with one another to mm. me is a huge value. Mm. Right? I'm actually now coming through my head of all the churches I went to and how many of them I'm actually still friends with. 
I mean, I'm, I'm happy to share it's not zero, but it's also not like 50. So it's like, I don't know, maybe it was me that blocked myself. I need to get out of my own way from creating some of those new relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think to play devil's advocate, uh, the other half was me not being very honest with myself about maybe not resonating with certain communities and um, moving on to another one. But that's interesting. It's Have, a hard concept. It's a hard reality for people. Yeah, because that's very real. It yeah. is real. Yeah, if you've been jaded by people, yeah. it's going to be tough to say, I want to open myself to people again. Yeah. But I think the whole beauty of the gospel is the gospel boats, the, the gospel in a sense both creates a family and strengthens a family. So a family, you know, that's a family. what we call Godfather, right? There's a okay. lot of family lingo in the Bible. Uh-huh. And so the idea of being family together is tough. It's not always easy, which is why we need Jesus to help right. us understand love, hope, forgiveness, right? Um, dealing with our stuff and how do we, you know, better serve the other, outdoing one another in honor, et cetera, et cetera. But that's why I think this, that's what we fight for is yeah. genuine friendships, right? That's what the book of Acts is so pivotal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I want to be genuinely connected with other people, not just yeah. some sugar-coated. Let's just be golf buddies and yeah, yeah. not get right. to the core of who you are. Stuff, just surface stuff. level stuff, right? Because, like, I mean, let's be honest. Most conversations at a church are the "How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine." That kind of stuff. And then peace, right? And then you're you out. know what I mean. You know, but also it just came to my mind right now. Church is a hard fucking thing, man. Like as an organization, because. If we're going to say that relationship and true friendships are the X factor, which I believe, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that, mm-hmm. um, how does a leader, how do leaders, play, people in, um, in places of position, like how do you enforce or regulate that? Because even saying enforce or regulate sounds weird. Like this isn't a company with, with protocol. It's, mm-hmm. it's a gathering of people for something. Yeah. So it's like uh, the pastors and leaders aren't going to be there for every conversation and event. So it's like, how do you build that culture of true friendship? Um, I don't know. It sounds really fucking hard. Yeah. I think it takes people who are, who are bought into the, to the idea and the truth of what the gospel is and what Jesus was trying to do in, in regards to building kingdom. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why it has to be bigger than just, let's just be friends together. You friendship biblically is much more than let's just, eat together it's yeah. it's it's we eat together with jesus at the head of the table right it's something much more mm. intimate it's much more there's depth to it right yeah and that's you know that's why we you know there's there's we talk about obedience and surrender it's it's we have to understand these things and so that we don't allow our emotions mm. our hurt dictate who we become friends with or not right obedience right? and surrender to god you're saying mm-hmm. right so that's why i'm like we don't pick mm. and choose who's at the dinner table Right. Yeah. So you can say, look, this guy looks cool, so I want to be friends with him. Yeah. Or this guy has got a particular swag or this person's an athlete, you know, da, 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 da. So we pick and choose who we want to be friends with. But the whole idea of inclusiveness that the Bible talks about over and over and over again uh-huh. is all are welcome to the dinner table. Right. Yeah. That all offer something. Yeah. All are a precious gift. Yeah. So I want to kick it with anyone and everyone. Right? I feel like that's the target that like no one has quite hit or maybe it has been hit. I'm not aware of it. But like. All are welcome. Come as you are, right? That concept to me was very foreign until pretty recently, which is even like, even within my friends, especially within the context of church, it's like, as I get older, I feel like the relationships where I need to, it's less about what I ought to do, what I should be, mm-hmm. this pedestal, this picture of what I ought to strive to be, mm-hmm. less of that, more of be who you are mm-hmm. and operate from there, mm-hmm. right? It's like that to me, like... 
I've never gone to church where I live by that second principle idea where it was just Daniel, stop trying to be a better Christian. Stop mm. trying to be a be- you know, more honorable, more obedient, mm. more whatever. Mm. How about you just be first? Mm. Just be and from that being, mm. then start to explore mm. with God, with your community and whatever. Mm. But it was always this like, the exact same thing is like when you're going to school or growing up in an Asian American family, there's like this blueprint of how you ought to look and behave and, and all these things. Mm. I've just never experienced church without that. Mm. And so, um, mm. again, both ways. Part of it was me taking ownership and accountability of how I went about it. Yeah. The other half was, well, what was I instilled with growing up, right? Yeah. And so I, don't, I am curious where I'm definitely going to be a lot more guarded the next church I visit. Sure. But at the same time... Um, I hope, I like to think that I'll be a little bit more genuine with myself about how I'm experiencing things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys can relate out there as well, but I just hear a lot from my friends that no longer go to the church that used to just, I never felt like I could be myself. I never yeah. felt like I could be completely who I was. I had to play an act. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of shitty. Yeah. So, and I don't have the answer though, right? Like, I don't yeah. know how to just, it's not a one size fits all kind of thing. Yeah. So. It's true. It's true. And that's why I think culture matters within the community. Yeah. Um, because if you were going to, if, you, if, if, if pastors and leaders are going to share the ethic of just be yourself, yeah. one, it's terrifying Two, not yeah. everyone, not everyone is going to accept and like you facts, you know what I mean? Facts. And so I think you can have that ethic come as you are, mm-hmm. but also know that we are a community living for something bigger. Right? right. I think that purpose, that drive is what connects us together and say, okay, we're all on a journey together. Okay. Whether you're, whether you feel like you're way back there, mm. you know, distant to you feel like you're on holy fire, regardless, yeah. we're all on a journey that allows us to connect on yeah. a deeper level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think okay. that needs to be the emphasis of we're all learning to know who this God is, to be transformed, to be more than what we ever thought. And then to inspire and encourage and be impactful in our communities, right? And so that's the journey. That's the hope, right? I like that. And so that to me is salvation. That to me is salvation. Living with Christ, living with God, right? And then being sanctified to allowing God to be present in the world, you know? Yeah. And that's, I guess that's theological terms to some degree. But yeah, I was like, wait, I was following most of that though. But okay, so are there any you would add there? Because we said pastor. Purpose, mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I would add doctrine. Doctrine. Yeah. What does that mean in in layman's terms? Doctrine is basically the core belief of the church, the core belief of that denomination. Maybe uh-huh. different churches believe in different things, right? Um, for example, some people, some churches have a strong doctrine around women in ministry. Some churches oh, okay. don't. Okay, I right? got you. Some people, some churches have a strong doctrine around justice. Right uh-huh. um, and diversity. Yeah. Um, other churches don't. Um, some churches have a strong doctrine around um, who is saved and who is not. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. Meaning, um, yeah, some call them elect, some call them is free will. The predestination thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but then, how does one go about understanding that stuff? Because, like Gina and I were saying earlier, like for as long as we've gone to church, we've never once been shown a piece of writing that is a mission or vision statement. So I'm guessing it's even less often that people, a church has their doctrine written out Mm -hmm. somewhere. So how does one go about figuring that stuff out? I mean, there's a couple ways. One, if they have it written out, great. Two, you go to a service and you find out from the preaching and the teaching and the culture Mm -hmm. of the church. The other way is you you talk to leaders. Like, you know, 
are, are we a more conservative church, which is right. fine. Are we a more charismatic or um, progressive church? Hmm. You know, whatever. Um, it's as long as it's biblical. As long as they have a strong theology, and by theology I mean strong biblical support and uh-huh. how they see God yeah. and how they see the world. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. I, but my mind, though, as you say, the doctrine part, my, it immediately goes to like different denominations. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I'm sure there's some overlap. Maybe there's more nuance there. But I, I react to that because I view that in the same way that I view politics. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, I think it's so hard to... I think it's foolish to label someone as Democratic, Republican, or whatever, and then think you know them. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's more nuanced than that, it's right? It's more than that. People are Democratic about certain things. People mm-hmm. have a Republican view about certain things. And same, th- yeah. same as a church, right? It's yeah. like, so, how, like, I don't know. It, you'll never find that one perfect church that ticks every single box and every single view, right? So it's like... I, I mean, yeah, I don't... That's why I'm just like, you could have a checkbox, but, like, I think ultimately it's the openness of, like... I'll put it this way. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll rephrase it. I think the basic principle for uh, Christian spirituality is transformation, right? That's, okay. that's You are being transformed. You're being saved out of, you know, yourself. You're being saved out of sin and, mm-hmm. and you're being saved into something great. That's just transformation, right? And so in that point of transformation, you're becoming somebody different. Right. You're discovering yourself in ways that allow yeah. you to live a different life. Right? Your best life. Yeah. So the idea of it is you would be able to experience God in a way that helps you understand and experience love, hope, joy, uh-huh. everything else that the Bible talks about. Uh-huh. And so the church is a place where you get to um, learn that, sometimes experience that, right? To be challenged by that in a way that in a community setting allows you to be moved personally and then help move our communities. Does that make sense? Mm. And so that, I think that's the point where I'm like, that's why we go to church. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you, when you have that list, it's, it's for your personal transformation first. Right. And then allows you to be... Contribution. To the other. Yeah. Right? And so um, yeah. I think that's, 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 where we, that's where we're moving towards. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. And I actually feel like that might be a good litmus test for myself and others of like, I feel like if... I'll know when I find a church and I, and I transition from that personal connection point to the, okay, now I want to contribute with these people. I want to contribute under this mission, under right. this banner, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So pastor or leadership, um, what is it? Purpose, vision, mm-hmm. people, and then doctrine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, let me know if you guys out there have any other criteria you guys think is a big one um, or maybe disagree with some of this stuff. Um, let us know what you guys are thinking. All I know is as CDC is coming out with new guidance, doors are starting to open more and more. People are going to want to find, I think, uh, communities to join um, and they should feel encouraged to speak about their experiences, what's going through their head. Um, I'm going through it. So just know you got one other person that's doing it with you. So um, let us know what you guys are thinking um, and we'll be back next week. Yeah. All right. Later, guys. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I know we say it every episode, but we mean it every episode. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Share the word. Share what's going on here, especially if you guys are getting um, anything out of it. We certainly want to open up our community and this experience to everybody. So we appreciate every single one of you guys tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.